Welcome to Feel Feelings with Danny and George, the show that talks about feelings and the things that make you feel them. Hey, George. Daniel, I wanted to tell you that me and Casey watched one of your favorite movies last night that we had, I, both of us had never seen before, and it was delightful. I cannot wait to know which one you're talking about because you there's, love all there's, there's a wide spectrum of what I find delightful in movies. Yeah, it's not the obvious ones. It's not the Paddingtons, and it's not the... Uh, it's whatever the hell else you like. It was Can't Hardly Wait. That's the one I was going to say. It's a darling movie with that a movie fantastic rules. soundtrack. That's such a good movie. It's a great movie. I like how all the uh, like extras and supporting cast are far more famous than anyone that's a lead in that movie. They are massively famous. Yeah. Some of the most like a-list level actors that were ever the bottom cast of a movie <laughs> every once in a while we would just be watching the movie and we'd both go oh hey <laughs> but anyway let's that keep talking about it i i feel like our guest might want to contribute just at the face i saw her make when you said the movie <laughs> no i was actually very happy because i was like oh this is perfect for them to riff on because i have no idea what this movie is and i have nothing oh to boy oh, man well, it's a great well, it's a great movie well jasmine jack welcome to the show Welcome. Now, Thank you for having me. I I find this happens more than I think it should, because in my mind, it's just one of those ubiqui ubiquitous movies that everyone's seen. It's like an, an inescapable TV movie of a certain era. How have you not seen Can't Hardly Wait? Explain yourself. Can you describe to me what this movie is? Because I think maybe I am mistaking it in my brain for like five other movies. So like American Pie... But light, mm -hmm. uh, the Miller mm -hmm. Light it's, of American Pie. It's American Pie, but like without any of the stuff that doesn't hold up super well. And like even when they use language that they shouldn't, yeah, they use it two... to make fun of the people who are using it. Yeah, there are two specific moments in that film where like there is two words said, one word yep. that is that is past that we do not like to say, and another word that we that was always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is, it is, mm -hmm. we, and one of them that like was fun to say, but we don't do that anymore because we respect people. Um, yeah. And both of those incidences, I laughed out loud. So they used for like good intention yeah. for the film. <laughs> yeah, the, the people using them are not presented in a positive way. So mm -hmm. it, it helps build their character that they're the ones using them. So that's how I, that's how I justify it over yeah. <laughs> over 30 years of fandom of this movie. This sounds delightful. I love that I asked, like, please tell me some identifying features of this movie. And both of you were like, here are the slurs that they These used the in slurs. this film. Yeah, you have to apologize for the problems uh -huh. that I, that they don't, they don't sit too heavy with me as like a lot of 90s movies do. But to actually describe the movie, it's uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt and it's a party, high school party movie. Yeah. So that's, that's it. The That's... entirety of the movie takes place at one high school party after graduation. Oh, that apparently crazy. happened near where I grew up, says oh, everybody yeah. who's ever seen this movie. <laughs> yes. Oh, do you know what? I saw I saw in the um what do you call it? In the uh 
IMDb trivia thing that it was it's supposed to be based in Pennsylvania, but it's very clearly California. Like, don't oh. don't move production. <laughs> yeah, it. I mean, but California for Pennsylvania happens all the time. All the time. California <laughs> for Pennsylvania, California for New Jersey, California mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, any East, like the only time they don't is New York is used for Toronto. They don't film New York Correct. in California <laughs> yeah. or the other way around. Yeah. You could like that. You could see like Vancouver for California somehow. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, some of my favorite examples of this trend is in I was a big X-Files fan. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. It was my comfort show for years and years. Uh, and up until about season seven or season eight, they filmed in Canada because it was a Canadian production team. So they would just have to like fucking make up excuses of why uh in an episode that takes place in atlantic city do they open the back door of a casino and it's just pine trees <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows the pine trees of atlantic city exactly what like they show the, the the introductory shot of atlantic city shows them driving over several bridges onto an island that is atlantic city new jersey and then they open up the back door of a casino and it is a thick Pacific Northwest forest. There's an episode that takes place in Florida and there's like cliffs. <laughs> so I feel like it's wild that in a show about like aliens and the smoking man and vampires, mm-hmm. somehow suspension of disbelief about the geography of where it's <laughs> happening is the issue. It really is. It's my biggest gripe with that whole show. Is that how <laughs> Just come... can't get past it. <laughs> yeah. How come Philadelphia, New York, Chicago, L.A. and parts of Florida are all shot on the same street in Vancouver? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, thank you so much for doing this. That's all we have time for today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was just for you to like poorly describe this one Jennifer Love Hewitt movie to me. It was a great it- Jennifer Love Hewitt movie, and the bass player from Can Hart, not Can Hart, from uh, that thing you do, oh. Ethan Embry. Yes, yeah. He-, he doesn't have a name. His name is literally the bass player. <laughs> in it's wait, what is it? It's on IMDb. It-, it lists him as the bass player, but it's like some clever way to write it, isn't it? I'm looking it up. Don't worry. What do you mean? A, <laughs> like a proper it, way to write bass player? It just says the bass player. In the I just watched this movie over Easter at Meg's house, and everybody was like, "You really like old movies, don't you?" Like, what? It's not an old. It's movie. a mid '90s movie. Get out of here. Uh, but I mean, don't call that old. Oh, in fairness, the yeah. age of like Jennifer Love Hewitt playing a high schooler. Uh-huh. Yeah, was such a good era of of film and media, and I don't like being told that I'm old for enjoying that. Yeah, one of the first actors you see in Can't Hardly Wait is just straight up Melissa Joan Hart at the peak of her Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh fame. man, Correct. and she's like a one note character. She only pops in to like end a scene. Like these are memories up. frozen in time, people. Yeah. She's I just can't, trying I... to get everyone to sign her yearbook. Like that's her whole point in the movie, and everyone hates her for it. So they just bully this poor girl who is. Very clearly, Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies that is just so ingrained in my head that like I I feel like when I say the quotes, everyone should understand where they come from. But I don't think anybody's seen the movie as many times as I have. They become like Dan memes rather than memes about the movie. Yeah, it's like this Clone High and the Clerks animated show, and mm-hmm. Clone High's coming back. Oh yeah, next month we're about. Actually, we're almost literally a month away. That's a that's a show that my mom quotes a lot because she thought it was the funniest line when Gandhi gets diagnosed with ADHD, and it's like some sort of like like actor troupe 
is going around the halls going, did, did you hear? Did you hear? Go tell Paul God. Revere. Too <laughs> late. Gandhi has ADD. Gandhi has ADD. You get it from toilet seats. And every once in a while, I'll mention, like, my diagnosis of ADHD. And my mom will go, you get it from toilet seats. <laughs> That's so good. I tell my true. mom about my diagnosis of ADHD. And she's like, what is that? Yeah, what? No. <laughs> Bullshit, you're lying. What's that What's that SNL sketch where uh, it's uh, Pedro Pascal and uh, Marcel something plays his son. Uh, he's like one of the newer cast members on SNL. And the girlfriend says like, yeah, you know, and he... Uh, you know, after we've worked out with his ADHD and Pedro Pascal is playing like a very stereotypical uh, Latin mom. So he's like, uh, my son does not have ADHD. He just I like to jump. I love it. I'm glad someone was finally brave enough to cast him as a Latin mom. Yep. That's <laughs> yeah. what he's is a role he's born to play. I mean, the internet was begging for it, so... Yeah. They kind of were, is the thing. The yeah, internet I, wanted this. I'm only half kidding when I say... <laughs> uh, there's a clip that keeps on going around of him on Buffy, uh, and it's oh very my fun God. to watch. Oh my God, him as, as, as the vampire? Yeah. It's incredible. I've seen a vampire. I've just seen the clip of him, like, as a kid, walking her, her home from a, a, like, from a date or something that did not go well. He's very clear, like, an awkward teenager does not look like the man he is today and people have to explain like no no that's daddy okay he really he really grew into it mm. that was someone who like actually needed a few years needed the facial hair needed to Incubate. like fill out yeah yeah, he yeah let him cook let, let him in the oven just a little longer let him let him cook <laughs> <laughs> oh christ God, we shouldn't have started talking about it, Can't Hardly Wait, because that's all I want to talk about now. We can talk about it. We can just it's... revamp the show. But... It's our show. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> we, we, we watch do... Can't Hardly Wait and do our own commissary. <laughs> we do need to talk about the reason that Jazz is here this week specifically, because we've, we've talked about it. Jazz and I, George, you've had no idea. Jazz I and I have here. talked about her coming on the show for a very long time. But it we just put it off and put it off and put it off. And then she ended up getting cast in this incredible show. That, like, I literally found out about that, like, they were auditioning the day before, because I talked to Polly, who was on the show, that I did uh, Ryan Rose show. They were on the show, sorry. And just get this full rundown of, like, the most incredible-sounding improv show that I've ever heard. It just, like, perfectly up my alley. And then, like, a week later, I get a message from Mark, who was our guest host, and we're just like, oh, Jazz got cast in this show. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like I, I was, I could not, I could not have been more excited. Jazz, if you want, explain the show because you'll definitely do better than I. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, I was, I saw that show where you were, uh, yes. doing that with Polly, by the way, and yes, that was the day before my audition. So funny how this like all lined up. And yeah, I they, even they were all like, like nervous. The it was real yeah, fun and to, they walked yeah. out, and I was like, I think that's Polly Reese. I think that's the person I'm auditioning for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I hope, I hope, I distinctly remember thinking like, I hope they're funny. Because if they're not funny in this show, I don't want to audition for them. They were funny. I was but really that was, bummed like, my very, that like, they were on the other team. Because I, I feel like I would have had so much more fun working with instead of against. Correct. <laughs> oh, man. Correct. That, that was it a was a weird show. energy that night, but you and yeah. Polly helped reset a lot. Um, <laughs> I oh. antagonized a little, and it was fun. Polly played along. It was, it was, it was awesome. It was just so good. That, that, that Ryan Rose show is very fun to like, just start hurling insults across oh, the yeah. table it's a very Correct. fun show I, I, i've done it i think twice or three times once in drag which was fun um 
great time. I want to see that. Um, oh, I guess I should talk about the thing. Uh, anyway, so the show I'm, is called... We're derailing you. So. <laughs> I'm derailing myself. It's fine. ADHD. Um, the show is called Off the Record at Comedy Sports Philadelphia. Uh, the conceit of it, it is, it is like a musical mockumentary. Um, like Mighty Wind, Spinal Tap meets VH1's Behind the Band. I love it. Um, so completely improvised every single night. Uh, you will get to make up, like the audience will make up a band. And you will get to see us act out that band's like rise and fall, and all throughout we are making up songs on the spot. That's I am so excited. I would love to be a part of the show as someone that has spent every morning after middle school watching behind the music because uh, I did not want to do homework. This is beautiful. I love this concept so much. Got and I didn't realize until talking about like the kind of the homework list of movies for, mm -hmm. for this type of, or for this, not for this type of, for this literal show, how many, like, really good music mockumentaries there are? Oh, so like, many. Oh, there are so many. I would be thrilled just to do the homework. I, uh... Which I think I did send you the list, so you can just watch every Christopher Guest movie I had to watch. Yeah, I mean, that is all of them, right? That's all Christopher Guest. <laughs> um, I don't know, he's not in Dewey Cox, which is my favorite mm. fake biopic it i think that movie did such a good job of fake movie biopics that i can't watch elvis because they just hit too many signposts for elvis might as well be a mockumentary they should have just leaned in it was like 90 percent there and that like 10 percent chasm made it kind of unwatchable for me at parts honestly if the little richard part of that movie wasn't so good I would have only laughed at it and really enjoyed it, but then I realized it was trying to be good when that scene was so good that I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this anymore. Elvis is a movie I will watch on a plane in a few years. Like it's a that perfect is perfect plane film. Yeah, Hon honestly, I, I do recommend it. I, it's a it's a trip. You have to be ready to go on a journey that is in no way. <laughs> Like factually accurate or timeline specific to a real life human being, okay. but it's it's a real fun time. It's, <laughs> it's Boz Lerman, yeah, Boz Lerman gone nuts. Yeah, if you're into Boz Lerman vibes and you want to see Tom Hanks give like the most middling performance of his life, you oh. should watch Elvis. <laughs> it really did feel like he thought the voice was enough. <laughs> oh, this poor man. I mean, we almost killed him with COVID, so maybe. But also, I heard a rumor that he had an affair or something. So, like, people what? are trying to take people are trying to take no. him down now. Oh, I don't know. Is that why he was so mad at that guy talking to his wife that one time? No, but I remember that. I remember watching that clip and being like, <gasps> "Get away from my wife!" And it's like, "Vengeful hey, man." He's right. Yeah, treat treat people with respect. But Tom Hanks doesn't yell at people. What's happening? No, no he does not. He's Tom Hanks. So well, this show, yeah. So I, I, I guess I'll find out because I'm gonna have to go see it probably more than once. But what what is the audience suggestion? Are they giving you a band name or is it like yeah. genre, band name, like all that stuff? We start with uh, the name of the band and the name of their like number one hit single, and okay. it immediately cuts to like there's this is all live band, so it's improvised music and improvised lyrics, uh, and immediately oh, opens amazing. with us singing that song that they just named on the spot. Oh, um, that rules. And then, and, and then it's like, it's documentary style, right? So then we do little monologues where we explain the history and then you get to see little improvised scenes where we're living through that history. 
And all throughout, anytime we happen upon like a moment or like a fun line or something that just like demands a song, you get to hear that song. Um, and without spoiling too much, uh, perhaps in the third act, after we have, of course, inevitably broken <laughs> up, uh, you get to see some like solo careers. And that is a place where the audiences uh, can suggest a few genres, and we will have to like sing outside of the normal rock ballad genre. Uh, what nice. What is one that you're like dreading? That you're like certain the audience is gonna suggest, but you're like, oh, I hope they don't give it to me. Um, anything that require like anything hip hop, just because I don't think my rhyme structure on my feet like is is mm. that strong. I think I have a lot of emotion and not a lot of technique when it comes to improvised music. Uh, so I hope I don't have to rap. You got to do the uh, the Wayne Brady technique where you just hold syllables a little extra and realize that they don't rhyme. But if you just kind of hang in it long enough, people give you credit. <laughs> yeah, you just got to sell it. You just have to act like you know what you're doing. Um, you have to. Polly has like made it very clear, like there is no shame in rhyming a word with itself. Or rhyming a word with the same word over and over again, yeah. as long as you sell it and you feel it. Yeah, Lil Wayne made a whole career on it. Like, Correct. He's doing good for himself. Yeah. The robot from The Masked Singer? Yeah, oh, that's my other show. I shouldn't bring that bit Easy here. Easy now. <laughs> Don't blend. <laughs> There's so much overlap, it's insane. Don't steal content from yourself, man. Yeah, man. You need this. Yeah. That other show is desperate for content. We <laughs> listened to 40 songs in an episode. We need more content. <laughs> so much more content, man. Uh, you ready to spin the wheel? Let's spin this wheel. Let's spin it's the wheel. Spe Speaking of content. <laughs> oh, I didn't share sound. Give me I a said intern. Keep yelling at the intern while I share my sound. Real amateur hour over here. Listen, he's, he's, he's for credit. Yeah. You know, he's not being paid for it. Amateur hour would in would imply that it was ever professional. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and we got introspective. Ooh. Ooh. Let's get introspective about that, shall we? Yeah. I feel like that's the one that the whole show was built on, but now we're finally uh, hitting it for real. Jasmine, what makes you feel introspective? So you kind of just said it. Um, can I immediately start by pulling some like pedantic hair splitting bullshit? Yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, good, because I love being pedantic. Uh, introspective is not a feeling. It was on the list, you know? It's, if you... I, don't, I would argue it's not an emotion. I still want to talk about it, like the state of being introspective. You know, but I it's think been by like definition... two years since anybody called us on this, but most of the things we do are not actually emotions. Yeah. They just fit the sentence of Jasmine feels blank. I like so. to think that this show is <laughs> feeling vibes. Uh, That's fair. And we vibe, you know? That's yeah. what I'm yeah. going to say. But yeah, it's it, a it, state of being. It comes being from... a state of being is not as fun of a title <laughs> as feeling feeling. Yeah. Being beings. <laughs> Be yeah, beings. It, it, it all comes from a, a kind of an assortment of lists that I found way back when we started this show in, in the big, like, immediately pre-pandemic 2020. And I've never really like, gone through and taken any quality checks of what's in the list. That's Every once in a while, so we, valid, we, do, we do land on one. 
wink no. nudge. And uh and we're just like, oh, okay, let's skip this one. <laughs> yeah. There there have been some where it's like, well, this is what it said, but if you don't want to do it, we're deleting it forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, forever. Not forever. even just like for this guest, like no no oh. one should have to do this. Oh yeah, because if, if if the guest doesn't want to do it, I'm not going to make another guest do it. They're the sure. voice of the people. <laughs> but also, sometimes we make up our own. Like, for instance, my personal favorite was Scared. 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 Not scared. Scared. It was, oh, I'm so scared. But exactly. we were we were picking them back then. This was pre-wheel. So we had like a an October month of like, what makes you feel fear and scared and scared? So. Scared. Scared. Uh, and now you just like outsource it to this mindless wheel. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Love that. Bas yeah, one hundred percent. So we'll, I'll talk about it, even though I think like because being introspective is like being in a state of thinking about your own feelings and experiences. Yeah, is I I think how I would a, define it. A lot of stuff falls in the umbrella because it it's what what the way I'm approaching it for this one is what are the things that put me in that mode, mm. but like it not necessarily a specific thing once I'm in there. It's not like, oh, I'm introspective, so I'm thinking about this. It's like, something will put me in that, and then I'll be thinking about life. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Like fishing. Yeah. Uh, fishing would be... I have never gone fishing, and I'm, like, so convinced that I would love it. My toxic trait is that I have romanticized fishing in my own mind, <laughs> and my now toxic... I'm afraid to do it, because what if it sucks? Yeah, no, it's it's something that you have to, like, meditate on, and then as soon as you're in a different place in your brain, that's when you catch a fish. Uh, <laughs> my toxic trait is that I enjoy Arby's. You know, my toxic trait things. is most of them. Yeah. Oh, good you go. for you. Good for being honest with yourself that you yeah. need work. Most of uh, them aren't good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Arby's is that toxic, by the way. <sighs> the food the is the mentality they, isn't. Yeah, they have, they have the meats. They have the meats. I would argue the meat, uh, and it's all just processed in a different way. <laughs> like it's one singular mystery meat, mm. like meat in in a in a bag, meat bag meat. I'm trying to think of the last time I had Arby's with me. Was it? Yeah, probably. I guess when you were here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, I haven't gone to Jersey. When I go down to Philly, what I like to do is celebrate New come... Jersey to get Arby's. <laughs> yeah. When you come to a city known for its sandwiches. Yeah, I hop the bridge to Autobahn, New Jersey. All our South Jersey fans know what Arby's I'm talking about. You know, <laughs> right. The one next to the Chick-fil-A and the Ross dress for less. It's good stuff. God, they make we... it with love. We ate in the car while some guy just walked around the car. <laughs> so yeah. Like, well, all right. Good time. That's New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. So, correct. You've described the experience of being in New Jersey. Introspective. Um, introspective. Uh, is this yeah, no more dodging. Say, like, <laughs> feelings make me feel introspective. Like when yes. I am noticing myself having an outsized emotional response or like way too many feelings or not enough feelings. That's when I, Ooh. that's when like all of my therapy training kicks in and I'm like, oh, wait a second. I know I have a problem with emotional regulation. What's happening right now? Let me think about it. <laughs> I, I want to go in on the, the not enough emotion. What do you have like a recent example of like, this should feel more. Yeah. Sure. Um, so I feel like, uh, I feel like there are two gay wolves inside of me. Okay. Uh, one of them <laughs> is like constantly overthinking. Are these the only uh, things inside of you? Or there's like nine other animals? There's like multiple sets of two wolves. Gotcha. Because I am a land of contrast. 
Um, <laughs> uh, and one of those duality set of wolves is like, one of the wolves constantly wants to just be like, head empty, no thoughts, just vibes. Mm-hmm. And the other wolf is like, head so full, like head runneth over so many thoughts, no vibes, just thinking. <laughs> and they're gay. They're gay wolves. And they're gay wolves. Have that. you seen the meme? It's like inside of you. There are there are yeah. two wolves. I just said one. one. I think I just gay. sent one to the Danny. One uh, uh, I sent one to Danny because I bought two books one day. Uh, oh yes, and one <laughs> and one was the uh, complete uh, novel, not novelization, but like, like built in with notes. Every episode of Flying Circus. It's like it's a bug killer, man. This thing is like two thousand pages, and the other one was a free copy of the Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> now, when you say free copy, do you it think was, there are a... copies that are not free? Yeah, they make you <laughs> buy that that free book for thirty dollars at Warp Tour. I know several friends oh. that have been uh, given that free book and then been uh, harassed for thirty dollars by by a Krishna core dude. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, that's a that's a good racket because I've gotten that book so many times and I've never paid for it once. You start charging thirty bucks. I yeah. can start giving away all my copies of it. There you go, and and now you're a Krishna. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, those are the two wolves that were inside of me that day. Funny giggle, Anglo uh, file uh, comedy, and the Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> that feels right. That feels right. I appreciate that you also contain multitudes. I yeah, just a bunch of gay wolves. Look at us. <laughs> pack of gay wolves it's funny because i think the way it all works for me is very similar but i don't think of it as having like two things inside of me it's like i'm taking one out and throwing it to the side and only one of them's in there and then the other one will like come back and replace it like there there's never like an internal struggle a jaunty walk like it's I don't. Just like I don't know vacation. what it's doing. Dan, are you describing just... that these wolves are retrieving these emotions? Are your wolves golden retrievers? <laughs> they might be. All right, it's descendant, right? That makes sense. Yeah, just kind of like my dog's a Chihuahua. He's fifty yeah. pounds. <laughs> yeah, there's never like an internal struggle of it. It's like as the kind of how it. Interesting. Because like your wolves. Yeah, yeah, your wolves just take turns. They get along. Yeah, they, they they're they're fine. They they coexist. It's like left hand and right hand. We're like they're never really doing anything together, but they're both there doing their thing. Okay, but in this metaphor, that would imply that like when you are using your right hand, your left hand, you have just like thrown off somewhere. Yeah, to not yeah. exist, and it'll until sort you of need like oh, yelp and run back when you need your left hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the problem? Yeah, is that not how hands work? Yeah, what? Well, I don't. Do you guys use both hands at once? What's it, what all the time? What are you, what, what are you talking about? Mostly <laughs> driving. This explains so much. Very intense. Ten and two. <laughs> it is the thing. Like I, drive. I'm 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 very good with my hand-eye coordination, but it is a thing that when I'm thinking about it, I do struggle. Mm. When I, when I'm not thinking about it, it's very mm. natural. But when yeah, I am when thinking you're like about manually like, doing yeah. anything, it does yeah. make it way harder. I do like what you're saying with like the I am I am feeling not enough emotion uh sentiment just because there are so many moments that i think we take for granted of like i should feel something here but i do not and what does that say about me like i feel like that always comes with the introspective uh emotion if you want to call it that of like oh oh i need to unpack this a bit more to maybe find those feelings at the end of that box uh but yes, exactly. I, I, mean, um, I, mean, I, always, I always like the Pete Holmes joke where he's like, I love looking at fireworks and just thinking, wow, I wish I felt anything. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel only dog like so fear weird. when I when I see fireworks. Oh, do you need a little like thunder jacket? 
Oh, I need to put like a weighted blanket. I would on benefit. Just yeah. climbs on his back like a turtle <laughs> shell and is like, "There, there, it's gonna be okay." No, she's more like, "You idiot! What are you doing?" The fireworks. <laughs> Go You've hide seen the them before. <laughs> <laughs> Even the cat's looking at me like, "Dude, come on!" <laughs> oh, you can't help it. Oh, the fireworks made you scaled. <laughs> I know they're right outside your window and they shouldn't be there, but they're there all the time. <laughs> Get used to it. This is South Philly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, not not feeling enough. Mm-hmm. I feel like this happens a lot to me because I I have ADHD also. Uh, time Heard blindness, of it. Heard of so it. real. Hyperfixation, so real. Like going into states where you are not like yourself. You are just like a vessel for whatever hyperfixation you have, mm-hmm. and then you come out on the other end. It's like, oh, twelve hours have passed, <laughs> and I don't think I was present really for any of it, and I didn't feel a thing. Um, is a weird experience and it makes me very introspective afterwards of like whoa how did all of that time pass and i like wasn't here for it what's Mm -hmm. going on here yeah Mm -hmm. for the listeners every time you hear a mistake in the edit that's what's happening happening. (laughs) when you just it's still my favorite moment on the show dan when you didn't cut our break after the guest left and you just audibly like it's silence but you hear us ignoring each other like you hear oh, yeah. us as the guest is on break like you hear the light tapping of a, of a screen of a phone <laughs> and just like some light breathing <laughs> yeah that was one of, i talk about introspective of like in the moment neither of us felt anything about it we're just you know, it was it was a break. It was fine. We're like, whatever. Our our guests went and yeah. did what they were doing and was coming back and we we did all the things we needed to to prepare for the next half of the show. And then we're sitting there for like five minutes in silence. And thankfully it wasn't a full five minutes. But like yeah. I did not think about how often George and I are just sitting doing nothing on a Zoom call. Yep. It's like, oh we just I mean, even when we are together, we have trouble actually conversing we disassociate around each other uh but i think that also came with we know how to communicate via zoom when there's attention being paid and as soon as that plays its course we're like shut it down boys recharge (laughs) you're way taller in real life it's off-putting i'm so tall dude (laughs) six one on a good day and then how could you possibly think about anything else except him being six one yeah yeah like here, he's eye level. I'm looking down at him here. Look at me. <laughs> I also have a special little stand for my laptop to put me at eye level with the computer right. as well. It's wow. great. It's wow, I'm time. so glad they're finally accommodating tall people. Yeah, exactly. It's a hard <laughs> life out here. I've been on planes recently. They're awful for us. <laughs> us tallies. Uh. <laughs> I I'm Cat laughing so hard at the idea of you accidentally releasing this like weird ambient soundscape asmr experience of just you two existing on zoom (laughs) oh we did do something similar where uh one of the many times danny had covid um i i put together a uh like like a video get well soon card or audio get well soon card and one of them was from jazz bear the mascot for the utah jazz so it was (laughs) it was just like squeaking shoes and basketball practice in the background (laughs) <laughs> and that was Amazing. that was his get well soon message from Jasmine. <laughs> you want to know one of those things that I think about on a fairly regular basis, and we, we all are aware of my love of mascots and mm-hmm. weird mascot culture. We're we're aware of it, and 
And Jazz, I have to thank you for for G Wiz. I was totally unaware until so we had that conversation. I'm so glad you know G Wiz now. I uh, also have a, a strong opinion about mascots, but specifically the amorphous, colorful blobs, yeah. like the fanatic or gritty or G Wiz. Yeah, G Wiz is an absolute gem of a mascot, especially <laughs> online. Good, good live bits. I've seen a handful of them, but G Wiz online is uh, it's every mascot should have a an account like G Wiz. It. He understands the internet. It's great. But the, one of the things I think about more often than I should is the time that Benny the Bull did a podcast. That's really good. What is his voice? He doesn't have one. Yeah. So it's just him. <laughs> he did a solo hour-long podcast. This is performance art. The thing it... you are describing it is actually is, so powerful. I love when stupidity becomes Absolutely art. It's my favorite art. Brilliant. <laughs> and like, you think about like, especially NBA mascots. It's all like high flying acrobatics and kind of next level mischief. And he's just like, you know what? I'm gonna sit in a studio for an hour. And the it's just the commitment that that takes to be that mascot actor to like fully embody and be like dropped into this non speaking bowl. Mm -hmm. it's it's not even like he's pretending he's acting like he's recording a podcast for the audio listener so like you're watching it but it's not for the video it's only for the audio i think that even for just the audio it creates a means to be like i love a podcast or anything any sort of art form that can shut your brain off and you know, if if you are a big fan, as big a fan of mascots as Danny gets, and you need that moment, that break, that solace, that peace, I think the Benny the Bull podcast of an hour of muffled arm movements in a fuzzy suit may help <laughs> you find your peace. It, it honestly, it's one of those things where it, it, despite having nothing, like literally nothing, it has a full arc of like. All right, I'm going to click on this. It was during the pandemic, so it's like, I got time. Like, what? what I'm going to lose an hour to, the, like, who cares? But you start watching and you're like, oh, clearly he's going to have, like, a guest or something. And, like, the there will be a guest to play off of and whatever. That never shows up. It's like a half hour in. You're like, I don't think anybody's coming. And all, all of a sudden you're just like, is this the whole thing? And... If it weren't the pandemic, I probably would have fast forwarded and like kept jumping through. But because it was the pandemic, I just watched the whole thing. It's like I, I'm honestly not even joking when I say like that belongs in the MoMA. That's it's so good, just brilliant. It's, it's so good. good I, uh, I, I love that so much, and I love the idea that something like a sports mascot could provide that kind of like. You think of sports mascots, and I think of, you know, silly doofuses in big furry costumes. And I mean that with the utmost respect, but that's what they're serving. That's the purpose that they serve is to entertain a slow game, you know, uh, and to go so far beyond it that it's now like, no, we're doing we're doing some fun art at this point like this is this is so much better than just you know rubbing your belly or doing a backflip into a basketball hoop uh this is we're, we're gonna try something really creative oh yeah 
Oh, yeah. For, like, him to admit to being an entity outside of, like, the container of the game. Mm-hmm. Already so brilliant. Um, now, I'm going to say a I... thing about mascots, and then I do want to maybe get back to the topic at hand. Absolutely not. That's not what the show is for. <laughs> <laughs> but before you say that, I want to wrap up the Benny the Bull thing. The show was called yes. Between Two Horns. Anyway, go ahead. Thank you so much. <laughs> so good. Was this post Between Two Ferns? Oh yeah, yeah. This was this is twenty twenty. Okay. This this was okay, uh, yeah. it was an April Fool's thing. I didn't realize that before. I don't think I watched it on April Fool's, but it was April first, twenty twenty. So immediately in the pandemic, social distancing, does a podcast by himself for an hour, and I now actually it, respect it less. It is they... available on uh, Apple Podcasts, so you can just listen. <laughs> oh, good, good, yeah. good, good. I don't like that they telegraphed that it was a joke. Mm-hmm. I th- yeah, I think, I think if they it... took it seriously. I would like it more. It it stood better for me when I did not know that for sure. Mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, my one mascot thing because you mentioned G Wiz, my one very strong mascot opinion that I have held for quite some time, which is also a Philly sports opinion, was uh back when the Sixers were dealing with Ben Simmons being Ben Simmons, yep. uh, and they were like trying to trade him literally anywhere. Um, my proposal at that time had always been, and I still think this would have been the best possible trade would have been Ben Simmons and Franklin the Dog to Washington for Bradley Beal and G-Wiz. You know? I wanted a mascot trade. Every part of that benefits every team. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Franklin needed a fresh start. He was really kind of in no man's land here, being a pre-gritty Philly mascot, where... Every, as soon as Gritty showed up, he's tried mm-hmm. to be a little more of a nuisance, but it wasn't working because he's a cute blue dog. Yeah, he's a dog. I think all Philly mascots should be those weird fuzzy blob monsters. They like, sh- they should just blob. be a family of weird blob monsters. I mean, they have a snake with arms for the Union. I, I love Fang. Great. Wait, have you now, read the backstory yeah, for Fang? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure you and I have talked about this before because <laughs> I... I am very aware of the backstory of Fang. I, honestly, I'll look it up. Let's go to break, and I'll I'll look it up because it's going to take me a little longer to find it and pull out the bullet points of it. So, all right, we'll Man. we'll be right back with the uh, the story of uh, what's his name? I forget cool, his cool, name. Cool. Now, no one, now no one talk. <laughs> Hey, George, I wanted to take a second away from our show to let people know about a, a show on our network, uh, Peaks. Have you heard about Peaks? I have heard of that. That's the one that you uh, you produce. And each week, John Koppel, guest of our show and another hilarious comedian, chooses a face from the Mount Rushmore of pop culture and analyzes how things were on top. Yeah, past episodes included Ben Stiller, Britney Spears, Macaulay Culkin. I just did a Jim Carrey episode that was the season finale, all of the season one episodes episodes are out there now so if you want to go binge all eight episodes you can go do that there's new episodes on the way pretty soon and you can find them anywhere you find podcasts only on the wasted robot network check out peaks hey everybody danny here with plugs you can check out Jasmine's show off the record at Comedy Sports Philly. It'll be going up every Friday for the entire month of May. Definitely go check it out. It's going to be a great time. Lots of great performers involved. And the premise of the show, you've already heard us talk about it. I, I cannot be more excited for the premise of an improv show than this. It is perfectly aligned with everything I like. 
there's a pretty good chance you will see me at more than one of these. So go check it out. Look for me. Say hi. George and I are at Feel Feelings Pod. Check us out on all the places, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Like, share, rate, review. If you're liking this show, definitely reach out. Let us know. Let everybody else know. It really goes a long way to help spread the word. Speaking of liking a show, I was on the most recent episode of Real Chills talking about scary sports stories. Go give that a listen. Report back. Let me know how scared you were. Make sure you take a second and follow George and I on our own accounts. Keep up to date on the shows that we're both doing. We both have a lot of fun things going on. It's going to be uh, an exciting summer for both of us. Uh, That's it for the week. Back to the show. That dude is like banned from a lot of uh, KB toys because he had a thing for teddy bears (laughs) afterwards. Uh, Any who's elite, I think we're back. Are we back? Let's get into this Fang story. I think we're. I guess I think we're, we're back. back. <laughs> now that we have all read this, for the listener, the whole time we were we researching Fang. To toys, they're close. They're gone forever yeah. because of this guy and the teddy bears. Yeah. Whatever. These things happen. So, Fang, the 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 snake that we currently know as Fang, was not the original form of Fang. Fang. I guess had a name already. He was born Fang. He was always Fang. He's been Fang since the dawn of time. He started out just as a regular snake, as one does. And then he uh, couldn't kick a soccer ball. Big big issue, because he really loves soccer. And he he runs a, a lightning experiment, similar to Ben Franklin. Gets, gets struck by lightning. Turns into a, a metal soccer ball, where... Uh, a hungry fox. The this is the part of the story that I get stuck on. <laughs> a hungry fox was batting it around Subaru Park. For listeners not in Philadelphia, Subaru, pa- Subaru Park, a derelict. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure Fang was there from the origin of the Union, so that means that there was just a. A, a stadium pre-team where a fox was running around batting around a metal soccer ball. I don't know what they did with the fox since. There might still be know. a fox at Subaru Park. I love that it implies that they didn't know what to do with the park until this like mysterious soccer ball shaped egg came in. And a then mysterious, like this weird but soccer friendly. There oh sorry, yes. Mysterious but friendly. And then this like freak of nature soccer playing snake popped out and they were like, oh we could use this thing for a soccer field. Well, I mean, there there's a little more to the story because he he goes to the zoo first because when you're just a fun union employee, you see a metal soccer ball, obviously you're going to take it to the zoo. That's sure. that's plan A for every metal soccer ball. You bring it to the Philadelphia as Zoo. It's an egg though. It's an egg that it, looks like a metallic soccer ball. Yeah, it but somehow it, they still recognize it as an egg so that they could take it to the zoo. Yeah, it looks a lot like a soccer ball. <laughs> Big coincidence. But after some blue smoke and all this stuff comes billowing out of the egg, we are introduced to Fang who now has arms, legs, because... and a mohawk. <laughs> Because there was trace amounts of human DNA in the shoe that he brought to the park before he was electrocuted. 
in the soccer right. cleats. Soccer yeah. cleats. Alejandro Bedoyo. I'm assuming it's his because his name comes up here a couple times. He's the captain. He's important. He's the captain of the team, or was at the time. I don't know how old this story is. I don't know anything about the union. They don't matter to me. <laughs> Dan, this is where I say I'm having a real time like Mandela effect moment because I swear the first time I read this origin story, like maybe two years ago, there was also a bit where actually the egg was found and like sorted into an egg carton at Acme. And then a child found it at the Acme and brought it to the zoo. That's really good. You know? Print the legend, not the truth. Let me let me look into that, because that sounds very familiar. Right? And, like, surely now... I did not just make that up. Okay. Also, on the Union page, this is both from the reputable source of the team themselves. They did not bother to uh, erase... Plan A when they retconned. One year ago today, this was in September of 2019. One year ago today, the lovable Fang came into our hearts when he emerged from a golden egg found at Acme. Yes. Yes, I'm glad I remembered that. I wonder if they like got into, I wonder if they got into like a beef with Acme and decided to retcon that. I hope so. Like there was a band that just came out. That had to change their name, even though they are a bunch of semi-famous people in the band. But there was already a band with a very similar name. And I feel like that what might have happened, where it was like Acme was like, "Listen, we don't do soccer, okay? <laughs> Fix it. We don't do snakes. Yeah, sorry. Do better, I guess. Well, anyway, George, what makes you feel interesting? <laughs> what I what makes so I I was thinking about this and. In order to get into that mindset, I find that I don't want to say tranquil, but like, let's call them, for lack of a better term, screensavers. When I see a screensaver in real life, my brain me- me- remembers it as a screensaver and goes, okay, turn off. Oh, like the default then, Windows background package? Is Essentially, yeah. Like my parents, when they were living in North Carolina, they lived up on a mountain that overlooked the Smoky Mountains in North Carolina. It's beautiful, and I would go out on their porch, and I would sit on the uh, on the porch, and I would look out over these mountain ranges that had been created millions of years ago, and I would just drift. And then all of a sudden, I'd come to four hours later, it'd be dark. I've watched the sunset and be like, "Oh, oh, I feel like I missed a lot in those four hours." But my entire time, the brain is running, and the brain is just thinking. I guess they're called like compounded thoughts. Like there's no rhyme or reason to where they're going. They're just stacking on top of each other and not in, in like anxious sort of way, but in like a, like this leads to the other thing, but then that other thing is sort of left behind. So there's no reason to retrace those steps back. Mm. So like anytime, uh, you know, I'm overlooking an ocean or it's like the vastness of it will, will tr- trip my brain into introspective mode. And I feel you like know- that... I, I've been kind of encountering those images a lot because that's kind of with the construction paper stuff I've been making. That's been great. what I really want. A lot of the scenes are are that type of thing because I'm not going to make a person out of it. So it's all nature. Sure. But like those are the moments now that like when I see them, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to make that out of construction paper, I guess. Like 
it it's weird how like the introspective thought leads me to being like all right i guess i'll make it <laughs> like that is fascinating to me i'm surprised that no one has like tried to monetize this this feels like this feels like one of those meditation apps but better sure because you just look at a thing and enter it into like this like in, in like weird productive fugue state apparently you know honestly i think about those kind of i i knew the word when i started the sentence but now i can't remember vistas that's hyperbole oh i think about those those vistas and like i can't remember actually feeling introspective in those moments when i'm encountering them mm-hmm. like it feels more like empty thought than mm-hmm. like actual internal thought and trying to figure stuff out and like that kind of think about your life kind of moment maybe not empty thought like, but like hollow thought oh like, i mean like i'm not thinking any of it. like it's like cleared it out oh, okay yeah head empty like you are at, you are in a meditative state when you look yeah. at these things like I, I went to the beach this weekend and like preseason at the beach so not a lot of people around and beach just like the winter is somewhere i get some of my best oh. introspection yeah like standing, marrying, standing marrying at someone the coast. from the jersey shore and going to asbury park in the winter time you getting the sound fiance uh, i was trying fiance, I'll go with Dan. thank you <laughs> every time I it missed, happens i missed one <laughs> i had to get it all in there <laughs> but like that is now a part of my life. Like the pizza song music video is part of my life now where I get to yeah. just see the the boardwalk at wintertime. And it's my favorite. I think there's nothing better than an off season vacation town, which I think is a front bottoms lyric, but don't hold me to that. <laughs> I remember in college, my roommate, actually he lived there for a while until he uh, had twins and had to uh, expand a little bit, but his grandmother had a house in this like tiny Connecticut beach community and we would just go there on weekends. And a lot of the times that meant being there in the winter after it snowed and like walking on a snowy beach. Like it was just one of those moments where like, it's not going to get cooler than this. Like, yeah, yeah. like I, I wasn't thinking about my life or kind of the unnatural state of being on a beach in the winter. Any, none of that stuff. I think about that now. As my fiance's girlfriend yeah. says, uh, Taylor Swift, <laughs> snow on the beach. Oh my god! Weird, but fucking beautiful. Who cleared that lyric? <laughs> Probably Lana Del Rey's people. That's right. <laughs> Honestly, like that, a, a real low point on the album. Oh. I could don't not believe know what you're talking about. You should listen to Midnight's. It's okay. You should listen to Midnight. <laughs> Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> You're back. Welcome. Your screen. I, I, I looked and I was like, I don't know why I'm not there. <laughs> wow. That's so deep, man. Yeah, I don't know yeah. when I disappeared. I, wow. Wow. That's the, that's the two computer setup. I was getting all the sounds going here and I just wasn't here anymore. <laughs> don't touch. That's exactly how it feels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just boo. <laughs> boo boo. Uh, Any who's will be. Dan. It makes you feel introspective. Is it snow on the beach? Weird, but fucking beautiful. No, honestly, <laughs> hearing that line a second time, I'm like, no, it makes me feel anything but I get very rigid and like tense for like, that's Jazz. the thing that people are swearing about. Like, Jazz, wait, wait till we tell him about sexy babies. Wait till he finds out. Here, okay, wait, I have swung 
fully all the way back around to actually thinking that's a great lyric. <laughs> I love the vibe of that lyric because sometimes everyone else is a sexy baby and I'm just the monster on the hill. I actually know exactly what she means. I just think maybe, maybe, and this is just me, <laughs> she needs to take like a three years off releasing an album. Just get like rebuild the creative juices instead of hoping that her fans will come around on certain lyrics. <laughs> I, mean, I came around on that lyric. I came around gonna. on like 80% of that album, unfortunately. <laughs> they're and all gonna fully, come around. They always do. It is do. fully TikTok's fault. <laughs> sure. I really 100% blame the TikTok teams I, who will uh, make like very complicated fan edits. Yes. Yes. Of or the most fan... inappropriate fandom set to these songs. Fan theories for the Taylor Swift with Taylor, Taylor Swift crew um, has driven me insane to a point where I can no longer like I used to be able to just sort of swallow it and be like, okay, there's a 13 on a cake in a music video. Maybe this means something, <laughs> whatever. Maybe she's clever, but then it'll be like, she put her hand on her knee during this Jimmy Fallon thing. And you could only visibly see four fingers, four plus 13 Taylor's favorite number is this. And that must mean that we're getting an album this day. I will audibly go, oh my gosh. It's amazing. It's amazing. The thing is, like, if I were Taylor, I would be in all of these fan communities looking for the most batshit nonsense oh, yeah. conspiracy theories mm -hmm. and telling my team immediately, like, this is what we're doing. That's what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, get on this That's one. What Let we're them doing. do it. That's fair. <laughs> it's so good. She is just crowdsourcing her, like, own legacy. And imagine the joy that one person would have when mm -hmm. they were like, I told you. Mm-hmm. And then it would just drive all the other wannabe I told you people. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All the Taylor truthers, like it is a self-fulfilling prophecy because she's listening. God, Please. I love the Beatles and I don't even care about their bullshit like this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many people would have to have been involved if Paul was dead and replaced by a man named Billy Shears? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's thousands of people that is a town in england would need to be in on this bit yeah but, and the, even that where there's like a level of goofiness because they're in on it <laughs> i don't care <laughs> just play the songs and get out of here yeah i mean we talked about a little bit of like parasocial relationships on a previous episode is mm. just something that drives me up a fucking wall. You think that's come up on this show? <laughs> yeah. It's up a fucking wall, man. I just, you don't know her. I dated a girl for a while. It was a big Ed Sheeran fan. And she would be like, oh, so I'm Ed sorry. was saying. And I was like, who's Ed? It was like, Ed, Ed was saying what you Marvin was don't saying. Know him. <laughs> you could choose any celebrity to form a parasocial bond with, and you choose Ed Sheeran? He's, you know, cute in a weird sort of way she was dating no, me he's a little twerp and now she dates women so that's good there you go well, <laughs> and we're that, very there happy you go. for her so that's why her taste in men was so off mm -hmm. i'm glad she discovered herself she's great she's doing well I, she's mark married. my partner frequently jokes that i am more of a man than ed sheeran <laughs> that's fair because i am he's currently getting sued in new york that's good. yeah that's a big thing and Ben I... Marger is in the woods. We haven't even brought this up. <laughs> All right. Hold on. I want to do mine, but I'm not going to do wait, it yeah, yet. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. Because the Ed Sheeran thing, I uh, he's fine. Whatever. He, his songs are bad and he's annoying, but what, I don't care. It's not for me. It was never going to be. I don't care. In his testimony today or yesterday or whenever it was that he was on the stand for the Marvin Gaye 
uh, copyright thing. He was like, no, I didn't copy it. And then today, they showed a mashup of him playing his song and the Marvin Gaye song. I think it's Let's, Let's Get It I don't know his song, it's but Let's, it's Let's, Let's Get It On, right? Yeah. And playing them together as a mashup. And it's like, you you can't say you didn't know. Ding, like, ding, there's ding, 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 there's ding. proof of you ding, knowing. Ding, 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 ding. It's a little itty bitty change. It's not it's, the same. It's egregious. It's egregious. And like, just say you interpolated. It's interpolation. We've created like a, a real term thing. for this. <laughs> and like, it's it's one of those things too, where like the the Sam Smith Tom Petty one, where Tom Petty was like, I don't care. Like it doesn't mean yeah. anything to me. If it were up to me, I wouldn't pursue this. But it's not really up to me. And like. If they just all approached it with honesty, that's mm-hmm. probably how they would all play out. Because yeah. every everyone takes from everyone. Miley but Cyrus did Edge of Seventeen, and then at the end of that album, they're like, "Yeah, we're doing the mashup because it's too yeah. similar." Give Stevie Nicks all the money. <laughs> like, yeah, I, like I, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't just celebrate your influences rather than like, no, I, I didn't take from Marvin Gaye. Because mm-hmm. like, it's like in the zeitgeist now. Now people are like listening for it, and there's you just can't get away with it like you used to. Mm-hmm. Especially, I think of like the Olivia Rodrigo like Paramore sure. nonsense, yeah. right? And how that. But like, out. then you bring Even, her out on stage, and you have a exactly. great time. Exactly. Exactly. Even um, what's it called? Blurred Lines already went through this mm-hmm. with Marvin mm-hmm. Gaye. So like, mm-hmm. you know, his people are watching. So mm-hmm. like, do it or don't, but don't act like you didn't when you clearly did. Uh, However, I will say. That Taylor Swift owes a little bit of money to Motion City soundtrack because if you listen to the song Mirrorball and then you listen to the deep cut song off of Go called Everyone Will Die, they are the same song. It is I will the same not melody. Do that. I am not going to do that. Give them $20. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is how you get the Taylor Swift stands after you. Like, <laughs> even more than making fun of Snow on the Beach, this is the thing. Oh. <laughs> Give oh, if you Motion City soundtrack twenty dollars. If you want them to come after us, I have a a Taylor Swift theory that nobody likes. Oh no, she's not I, real. No, my theory <laughs> is that Taylor Swift is very good at appropriating the just below the surface level of female artist, and like the Phoebe Bridgers was happening. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Taylor Swift started sounding a lot like Phoebe Bridgers and all the people who sound like Phoebe Bridgers. But now it's the biggest genre in the world because Taylor Swift did it. Sure. And now they seem like they're copying mm. her. Uh-huh. And she was doing mm. that with country before. She let was doing me, that with pop me, before. Let me, I see, I hear your, I hear your excuse. I hear, I hear your I'm not your saying reason. she's not talented. I, it's I, a, I hear, I hear what you're saying. You are the biggest Miley Cyrus fan Dan. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm not even I'm not even mad at it. But I'm I'm more mad at the the mad communities of else. people everybody who sucks celebrate her, her. Mad at the system uh, that allowed yeah. this to happen. Okay. I'm mad at the people who celebrate her originality even though she's clearly demonstrated an awareness of music cultures and just does them herself after they start to gain traction. I guess because she does it and it's not done by a record label, people are like so brave, so cool. Look at yeah, her being so a brave. free so chameleonic. A, yeah, a free thinking person. But I think it's because she doesn't have to answer to Scooter, a grown yeah. man named Scooter. Yeah. Uh <laughs> it's fine. We're all fine. We're not going to solve it and we're the children are coming for us now. Damn. Yeah, I'm not 
I'm not mad at her efforts. I appreciate it. I love when that shit happens. But like, don't act like you didn't. Thinking about your your take. Don't act like you didn't do it. This is me saying I plead the fifth on whether or not I agree with this take. Please do not at me. Okay. I I will I will admit there's like five years in that Casey is at her other job right now. She would be storming (laughs) in here just only hearing my side of it and me being like keep your fucking voice down she's in the other room <laughs> took her burst through the store and go and another thing <laughs> there there is a good five years where i'm totally unaware of her at least in the middle of her career so mm-hmm. the theory might not hold up entirely but i know at the beginning and the end it does so oh, Dan. yeah don't whatever. admit that that's how they get you yeah so you don't even know so you yeah. don't even know i don't know if you guys want to prove me wrong prove me wrong I don't want to, but I could. I'm scared. I, <laughs> like, see, I'm genuinely frightened. The the problem. The wave about to come. I'm watching. I'm watching the waves recede from the shore, and everyone's <laughs> no, staring be... at fish flopping around, going, "What's going on? This is crazy. This has never." It's going to be such good engagement. You just wait. <laughs> That's the problem with talented people: is they run out of creative creative things to do when they put out too much, and then they have to take from somewhere. It just is what it is. Not well, even a not a fault, not a blemish on the record. It just is what it is. Here's what here's what we say. Um, this is the official feel feelings take. If this is not true, then Taylor Swift needs to release a third wave ska album to appease <laughs> this mm. to show that she's not afraid to take risks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if she has all the talents that she's shown, she should be able to. Yeah. I want she, she's, a, she's I proven want a no the ability. You just have to put it Jeff together. Rosenstock of of Midnight's, where it is ska nights, and it is just a ska remake of Midnight's. That is what I want. Uh, you are move Swift team. All right. So, what makes me feel introspective? <laughs> uh, we don't actually have time. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it, I hear, it's actually I hear lawyers at the door now. Actually, <laughs> yeah. so that they're like, "You're right. Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because that's what lawyers say from the opposing. <laughs> well, they would. They would. They would. You're right. They would. Shut pay, up. They, would <laughs> they would silence me. They would silence me. Yeah, but they wouldn't say you were right. Well, yeah, obviously, but they're not. They're not paying silencing money because I'm wrong. Just saying. No, they're yeah. just taking you to the Taylor Swift gulag. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the Taylor Swift gulag is so pastel purple. Yeah, is it in Beautiful. Pittsburgh or New York? I don't know. <laughs> it's in Rhode Island where her shore house is because she lives yeah, wh- in a rather Which small one is home. the home? When you it's can claim so songs. many homes, she then wrote a I guess. song about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's actually <laughs> just like a secret compartment in her private jet. Yeah. Your luggage. <laughs> you know, <laughs> luggage gulag. Honestly, dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> to be T Swift's luggage? <laughs> to be. Oh, anybody's. that is someone's dream. Carry me. Oh. Yeah, no, honestly, now that you said it out loud, that's like that's Uh-oh. somebody's like uh, vision board. Is just... <laughs> just a Samsonite suitcase next to album covers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, imagine walking in on that vision board and being like, "Oh, do you want to have her success or this beautiful set of luggage?" It's like, no, I want to be. I want her be the her luggage. successful luggage. <laughs> Good for them. Hey, if you're out there listening to this, I support you. That's so valid. It's my fiance. Yeah. My fiance is. <laughs> I love that sound. <laughs> so, my my introspective. It, I actually had a pretty good example recently at the the concert that Jazz and I were at. We went to the Mountain Goats concert it last weekend. Or last week, lovely. Mm-hmm. It it was. Yep. It 
it was and it wasn't. It was. I mean, talk about like introspective. I didn't know a song until their third from last song. Like there was like bits and pieces I knew, but like not a song I could sing start to finish the entire set. Mm. So I was just standing there with friend of the show Matt Schmidt, uh, and good guy, backed hard. Yeah, and just in my head and. Not not really being able to connect fully to the lyrics with not knowing all of them, but in that vibe of mountain goats that I've connected with for 20 years or whatever now, my head was just going. Mm. And like, it, it took everything to not pull out my notebook and just start writing all the thoughts down, but I was like, that's too on the nose. I can't be yeah. the guy... God, if you were the guy at the mountain goats concert writing in his notebook... Like, I couldn't be that guy. I was like, if these thoughts come back to me some other time, I'll put them in the notebook. But if they don't makes... leave the show with me, I'm wow. not writing them down. If, if you let them go and they come back, it was really meant to be. Yeah. Because <laughs> like that, it was like, just, just, we, I, I had met Matt for a drink and then me and Mark and Jazz were drinking at the show. So I was like, you know, in a, in a good place, not, not drunk, but like kind of feeling good in that pre-buzz level, you know? So, like, everything was just firing on all cylinders to just make my brain go and go and go and go and go. And just feeling, like, watching all of these people who, like, don't seem like they have a very good time in life just the way they're enjoying something, but they're all getting to do it together and seem, like, without judgment, which probably doesn't happen in their lives a lot either, which, like, my whole, my brain was just racing watching this. And, like, the joy that came from it. But like, it's like, have I ever had this? I got it. No, I'm here. I'm doing it. But I have, I actually felt what they're feeling like all that kind of stuff. It was really wild. Hmm. I'm glad you had that experience. I think I had a similar experience. Cause I also, they have such a deep discography in my head. I was like, look, I have one favorite mountain goat song. They're not going to play it. Cause they never play it live. Yep. I'm just here for the vibes. Um, this is actually why, and maybe I shouldn't admit this at the same time that I'm plugging a musical improv show. This is why <laughs> I don't listen to a lot of music. Because I don't like being alone with my thoughts. I don't like being introspective if I can help it. I fill silences with podcasts or audiobooks or just YouTube videos that I only listen to. Because that is enough chatter that I don't have to like think about myself. But mm-hmm. music, especially when it's like music that I'm not like singing along to and it's just like music I have to feel, mm-hmm. that always makes me introspective. You're so right. Like I, w- so, I was listening to that's uh, almost reserved entirely for Sigur Ross, but continue. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was listening to um, I forget what the album was, but it was a Laura Stevenson album, and like I, I know her bits and pieces. I know about the music industry, but like the solo stuff, I, I don't really know. And it's just like this very pleasant. Sometimes kind of horns come in. Sometimes it's really soft and gentle. And like it was one of those where like my head was just kind of going with it. But since I wasn't really hearing the words because I didn't know them, it was just like kind of taking the vibe and trying to like find places to connect it in my life. And it was a, a fun experience to like kind of when the album was over, just to you kind of like put it away for a little bit. But I was like, I, I don't remember that happening that often in my life. And like that, for some reason, that album was doing it for me this week. Where like hmm. just it was inspiring so many thoughts and like good and bad and otherwise, but like just thoughts and they weren't they wouldn't that. stop until it was over i love that with a band that i've never seen before i i i, I always talk about how we went to go see waxahachie at the lanes oh, and i, I had, oh. and i'd never seen waxahachie never heard a waxahachie tune they became like my most listened to band uh that year because 
I went in knowing nothing and like I got one over, you know, like <laughs> and that leads to a lot of thoughts to be like, oh, look how they're doing that. Look, how they're doing that. I wonder what the album sounds like versus the live. Like, I feel like it's really important to kind of hear an artist play live before you buy the album in a way. Yeah. Like it's it's just it's just a maybe not a better way, but it's a different way. And it provides a different experience of doing that in reverse, because usually you would listen to the song and then buy the ticket. But, you know, now... I, I I texted you about it, but the uh, the opener, the uh, Adeem the Artist. Adeem the Artist. I love them. Like it. It was just such a wonderful experience and like very intentionally kind of going for that kind of inspiring introspection because it was just calling everything out very base level. And the songs had poetry to them, but they were very much like over explaining everything and kind of forcing you to think <laughs> about the themes. And at, at some point they stopped and were just like, yes, I'm very high, which explained it was a, a 420 Mountain Goat yeah, concert. That's true. Listeners. Yeah. yeah, that adds up. And like that, that, that helped kind of because there was a few people around us who were like, definitely, they're like, just definitely stoned, totally stoned. And then they admit it and you're like, oh, OK, cool. I get it. But, like, it wasn't any of the songs with their, like, introspective messages and kind of looking back over a life kind of thing. It was when they played the Thunder Rolls cover, the Garth Brooks mm-hmm. cover, mm-hmm. where it was, like, this person with an entirely different perspective on life and different experiences was still able to connect to the song that I grew up listening to because my mom would play it in her car because country music was safe for kids. She laughs about that now. She's like, I don't know why anybody ever told me that. Yeah, but- my mom's my mom loved the song uh, Better Get Your Red Head Back in Bed Before Morning and openly told me <laughs> that like, oh, oh no. yeah, I thought this was going to be you when you got older. Glad I got that wrong. What does that <laughs> mean? Wow. I thought it was going to be a little heartbreaker. Turns out I'm an artist. <laughs> can't win them all <laughs> like it just like put me back into this place as a kid and hearing this song and just thinking it sounded cool and then growing up and hearing it more and realizing that it's a real kind of dark life story and it's not anything cool at all about it and like there's like actual thunder in the song and Adim the artist is making the thunder with their mouth and that was very funny. But like I remember doing that as a kid. Like it would do the thunder in the song and I would be doing the thunder along with it. So like it put me in this whole other place. And then of course the mountain goats played and they sounded like the mountain goats and that just kind of really solidified the night for me, put me over sure. the edge. Speaking of like things that are childish that really warm your heart and stuff, when I was in Texas for South by last year. I got to go see the three busy Debras like showcase and watch. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, And that showcase felt like three girls that are neighbors on the street made all their parents come to the house and put on (laughs) a show for them. Like that's (laughs) what it felt like. And it was just like, yeah, these are who these women have been the whole time. (laughs) And it's just like, put you in that spot of like, this is so much fun because we can all share in the experience of doing silly fun art like we did when we were kids speaking of silly fun art do you want to hear the uh how do they feel song and then see what people said online i guess play the song how do 
All right. Any likeness, any likeness to that song is completely accidental. And Purely coincidental. Not- we are Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift. We are. We are both. <laughs> totally original. We are thinking out loud. All right. The first one we have is uh, right in line with a lot of what we talked about so far. A good song or album. Really good. And when I saw this person post this, I thought, okay, they'll talk about Jimmy Eat World Futures. And I was oh, right. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I, I asked right. the question for, for follow-up, hoping something else would come in. And the other one that came in, Postal Service Give Up, which is my default uh, answer for what my favorite album both is. Both really fantastic records. I have in my head, I have to kind of finish all the beats, but I have a jukebox musical written for Give Up. That's how much I've listened to that. I don't even know how to write one of those, and I have all of it in my head. I have a jukebox musical for the terrible thing, self-titled. It borrows heavily from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, but it (laughs) it is a really good musical. Now, also in the the comments of that was... uh, Melodrama by Lord and Lord. literally any Taylor Swift song. Anyway, moving on. Interesting. Interesting how that I happened. I do think, look, I do think actually the brilliance of Taylor Swift, the brilliance of like a good pop romance song mm-hmm. is that everyone can relate to it somehow. Sure. It's and very it's related to anything it, and anyone and any situation. Bo Burnham love song where it's as vague as possible mm-hmm. and everyone can relate to it. I love how your eyes are that bluish, brownish, greenish color. Uh, exactly. I love how you have both arms on the side of your body. <laughs> but it's like such a like va- it's like such a specific vagueness. Mm-hmm. This is what I mean. I I was I was like brainwashed into liking this album because the TikTok teens will set Taylor Swift midnight songs over like Hannibal fan edits. Everything, yeah. Oh, over like over Succession fan edits. Just- they will, like, they will eating... look at these grown middle-aged men and be like, this is like mastermind. Just a, just a clip <laughs> of the comedian Eddie or Susie Izzard just being eaten and it's mm-hmm. snow on the beach. That's what I mean. You know what? That That is an edit that would do numbers on TikTok. And that was the moment where I was like, actually, I get it. She is kind of the blueprint for every like weird, unhinged, feral thought you've ever had about anyone. <laughs> Uh, that right. she couldn't take from anybody else. Yeah. I'll give her that. <laughs> um, we we had a couple people say the the questions that we ask make them feel introspective, which is mm. I guess why we're asking them. Thank you so <laughs> much. We're we're asking them to dig deep and pull out things like music. That's literally one of the answers is music. Thanks. <laughs> um extended free time. So like Death? <laughs> no, I think the just ultimate break. The yeah, ultimate si- break. Sitting still. I don't do that. Uh, yeah, this is why I don't allow myself to do that. That's why I make construction paper art because I couldn't sit still, and that's what I had near me. And it's really good art. <laughs> well, thank you. Big fan. Uh, Everything, all of the time. Okay. I live in a nightmare that is my endless complex flesh prison in an endlessly complex reality that oh. seems to move and grow per second while forever feeling smaller. Wait, who is that person? I want to be their friend. Brandon that T. is Brandon Gorin. T. Gorin, and yes, you do want to be his friend. He's wonderful. Brandon, <laughs> I want to be your friend because this is, I, I have always fully believed that bodies were a mistake, that that, that corporeal forms mm. were a mistake, that we could, uh, that the worst thing about my existence is that I am bound to this like mortal flesh prison. 
Interesting. Yes. Yeah, I know you and Goran would get along. <laughs> uh, also, I'm terrified that we've said his name three times and he'll appear, request the song Butterfly Kisses and then disappear. <laughs> so, Jess, like, for, for your knowledge, he is currently the mascot for a minor league baseball team. Oh, my God. He's perfect. That's not and- true. He is friends with the Ironbird mascot. I wasn't going to say what team because his views and opinions don't represent his views and opinions are his own and not them of his employer. We know anyway, it's a mantra of the show. Enough, enough of the Gordon bits Uh, (laughs) trees, man, trees. I have a whole thing about trees and my cousin found out that I smoked weed because I talked about it because I was driving them around. And I was just going off about how, like, hey, man, trees, they were everywhere, and now they're nowhere, and they think, like, like we think we can win, but trees will win. And, like, trees were, like, where I'm sitting, and trees were where you were sitting, and trees were as tall as your apartment or as small as your foot, but trees, man. And they asked if I was high, and I said yes, and then they said, please pull over your driving. <laughs> That is a complete story. That that is a start to finish. (laughs) Yeah. Good times. I mean, there there is definitely something about nature. And we talked about it Mm -hmm. before with your example. We're like, the second I start thinking about it, I just feel so insignificant. And I think about like ice ages and like all that different eras of life that have just come and gone. And like, we're just in one of them. Like, yeah. eventually, we'll be buried yeah. under four more layers of different eras. Yeah. But you know what will still be there? Fucking trees, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be scientists from Mars coming to Earth like, I swear they had life once. Someone has a noise gate on their mic, because I'm getting good laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Just for everyone at home, just know that I am killing on this episode. <laughs> and uh, any sort of lull or silence is <laughs> is not me. Uh, so we got what I do. We got one more, okay. I guess. I've, I've lost track because I've been going out of order. But impending retirement. Oh, oh. congratulations. The yeah, envy I, I, mean, like I the feel. Of, uh, the threat of free time, right? Yeah. I, I, I See... But the threat of free time sounds negative. I think this is one of the few things that we have heard that is neither positive nor negative. It is the Mm. definition of introspective. Like you look at your life of your working career and then you look at what is ahead. Both are neither good nor bad. They are just possible or a memory. Like there's been ups and downs and highs and lows. And that is all awaiting for you after the fact. So introspective it's the the, this too shall pass of it all we're like Hmm. i did that now that's a thing i did like it's it's, a shame that that's what we have to equate with careers it was like this is a thing i did for 40 years that's kind of how i think about everything though is like i did that now that's a thing i did on to the next thing that will be the next thing that i did and that's why this is our last episode of the show and danny is moving on to a different show (laughs) Wow. Completely different. Wow, Honestly, I am starting a new show next week. I'll talk. <laughs> I'll talk more about it later. Because <laughs> I needed more. Oh, uh, what is wrong with you? <laughs> You're doing seven oh, shows. Seven. I'll, I'll, it's a lot. But uh, leave like complex little Easter eggs throughout each of the. 
the yeah. podcast. Put your I hand on your knee holding four fingers. <laughs> we'll know that it's podcast number four is the next release. Yeah. Uh, uh, man, I, I can't wait to dr- re-record every episode so we own it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm not even going to say what I was going to say. That's good enough to end on. <laughs> that, that, that put a nice little bow on all the garbage we've talked about today. <laughs> this has been a fantastic episode. Jazz, thank you so much for coming on and doing so this. This for has been amazing. Uh, good, good luck with your run. I will uh, be, uh, I think, at, at least two or three of these. There's only one that I can't make, so I'm probably going to go to the rest of them. <laughs> if I can, I will, I will make the trip down because it sounds like an incredible show. And I do love comedy sports. It's a venue. They've always been very welcoming. And anytime I've played there, they're one of my favorite spots in Philly. Uh, big fan. Um, that's it. Have a great night, everybody. I'm going to make tacos. Bye. Feel Feelings is a Wasted Robot production. Editing done by Dan Getz. Music by George Bruderman. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Feel Feelings Pod, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm backslash feelfeelings. If you're ever feeling any heavy emotions and feel like there's nowhere to turn to, please don't hesitate to reach out to us or to any of the resources in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Or it's such a professional show.